Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a weekly podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today, we are speaking with someone from across the pond in Australia, Charbel Raish, and he is going to speak with us today about a wonderful opportunity for all of us to participate in a spiritual rosary pilgrimage with his organization, Perusia Media. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Charbel. You know, so my familiarity with you, Charbel, goes back a long time. I've had a friend that's been a big promoter of kind of the work that I've been doing for a long time, Mike Stark with the Truth and Life Audio Bible. And I know that he connected us several years ago. And so now here we are finally working together. You're on my podcast. I'm going to be on Perusia Media here in a little bit for your spiritual rosary pilgrimage. So it's wonderful finally to be able to talk with you and to uh, really share with one another about our faith, and especially about the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, and uh, yeah, Mike Stark is a good man. I had, I had a great time with him in Chicago when I was there uh, a couple of years back, but uh, um, yeah, I'm so glad that... Um, is, is connected us and, and very much looking forward to your segment in the pilgrimage as well. I regret that when you were in Chicago, I knew you were there, but it was just one of those times in my life where in parish life, I just couldn't get away. So I couldn't come. I couldn't meet you in person, but it's wonderful to speak with you uh, regardless of that. So um, maybe the first thing as we speak today, um, I have a little familiarity about your background and I'm aware that I think that Maybe you're a convert to Catholicism, maybe a revert to Catholicism, but that that you dabbled a little bit in Islam, and then you finally made your home again in the Catholic Church. Could you share just a little bit about your own faith life and your own faith journey? Yes, absolutely. Um, my um, my father and mother, they met in Lebanon, and so they, we are actually a, a Maronite Catholic family. So I was born, baptized, confirmed, uh, first Holy Communion, did all the sacraments uh, um, when I was a little child. And um, when I went to high school is when I, I drifted from my faith. I went to a state school, and um, there was no religion taught or any, any any Catholic friends around. I had lots of Islamic friends growing up. Um, and so after six years of witnessing my my Muslim friends practice their faith and and live out, and then trying to convert me, um, I sort of gave in in that final year. I didn't know my faith. I didn't know how to respond to them. Uh, all the common questions, like uh, how how do you Christians believe in a dead God? You know, how can God die on a cross? How can God become a human being? Um, how do you know that that uh, God can have a son? God can't have children. Or how do you? call God Father, that's an insult. And it sort of went, the list went on over the years, and uh, I just could not respond. I wasn't going to Mass at the time, and um, it got to the final year of school, and I was invited to go to the local mosque, and I was asked a series of questions, and by the end of it, I could, all those usual questions, you know, how can, how can God have a father? How can God have a son? And who taught us, the sheikh asked me just a simple question, how do you Christians pray? And so the only prayer I knew growing up was the Our Father and the Hail Mary, because when we were very little, we did pray the rosary, and we prayed it in Arabic, Spanish, and English, um, because my 
father was born and raised in Colombia, South America. My mother was born and raised in Lebanon, and they both then moved to Australia. And so I've got sort of this fusion of three cultures, and uh, looking back, it's been quite beautiful. Um, but I, we stopped saying the rosary, but when I got to that moment in the mosque and asked to pray, how do we pray, I said the Our Father, and about halfway through, the, the Muslim imam stopped me and he said, look, who are you calling father? I said, God. And he said, well, God doesn't have a father. That's an insult. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, is your father on earth your dad? I said, yes. And how? why are you putting on God human attributes? That's a, an insult. I said, okay. I didn't know. And and so then I I basically said, okay, one, one zero to, to him. And then uh, he asked me, uh, who taught you that prayer? I said, Jesus. He said, who is Jesus? I said, he is God. And he says, I'm confused. Is God talking to himself? I said, oh, okay, I don't know how to explain that. I knew in, in primary, we call it primary school here in Australia, uh, elementary school, um, we were taught the Trinity, and, and all I remember was this triangle and, and the S for Father, the S for Son, and H for Holy Spirit, and you do the sign of the cross. And, but there was no theology behind it. I just didn't know how to explain it. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything else other than just recite it. So again, you know, the points are racking up against the, the case for Christianity, and I just uh, couldn't respond. And he could see that I was confused, and he invited me to say to close my eyes and say in Arabic the Shahada prayer, which is I'm uh, there is only one God and His Prophet Muhammad. And if you say that three times, um, you're basically initiated into Islam. It's, it's, a, it's a form of baptism, if you like. Um, and so I did that. And he said, welcome, brother. So he welcomed me, and uh, and then he gave me a white gown to have a shower in the mosque. I had the shower. But I have to tell you, um, even though I drifted from my, my prayer life and my, my faith, I was I had this urge to pray, and the only prayer I knew was the Our Father and the Hail Mary. And so while I'm having this shower, I, I said the Our Father, then another Hail Mary, and then another Hail Mary. And I, I, by the end of the shower, I said 10 Hail Marys. I said a ticket of the rosary. And um, as I'm putting the white gown on, I hear this whisper, not yet, not yet. And I, I believe, looking back, that could have been Our Lady whispering in my ear because um, I was talking to her. I was asking her intercession, and maybe she came there at the time and just inspired me, don't go through with this yet. So I put my normal clothes back on, went back out into the uh, into the main area, and they were asking me what's wrong. I said, "Look, I don't know my faith. If God wants me to be a Muslim, He'll show me." And then they said, "Fair enough." I said, "Pray for me. I just want the truth." So I, I got home late that day, and my mother was asking where I was. I said, "I was just at the local mosque," and she gave me this huge slap across the face. I said, "You were what?" <laughs> And uh, I went down to the, he said, go to Jesus and ask him if he wants you to be a Muslim or a Christian and ask him directly. So I did. I, uh, it was the longest walk of my life. It was only a 10-minute walk, but felt like an hour. I got to the church. Thank God it was open. And I knelt down at the back of the church, looked at the tabernacle, and I just begged Jesus, if you are really here, show me. Do you want me to be a Muslim or a Christian? And uh, it was the first time I truly prayed, if I could say that from the heart, um, you know, all my life when I did those Our Fathers and How and Marys, I just sort of rattled them off, gave God lip service, and uh, this was the first time I really wanted 
to engage with God and really look for a sign. And about 30 minutes of dead silence, and then an old elder lady was lighting a candle, and she inspired me. I thought, well, wow, what a holy woman. She's going to heaven. But instantly the thought that only Muslims go to heaven, according to Islam. And so then um, the conclusion was that that woman's going to hell. And I thought, that can't be right. And I looked back at the tabernacle, and the a shadow appeared on the door of the tabernacle. And it, I, I looked away, I looked back, and it wouldn't go away. The shadow, it formed like a face. And uh, you could work out there was a beard and eyes. And it, it, it was, in the end, I, I realized it was the Shroud of Turin image. And uh, I never saw that image before. And, and uh, I was just amazed um, to that has to be Jesus. And then I um, I heard an inner voice, Shabell, are you going to give up all that I've done for you? And right away, I could tell what he was asking me. Am I going to turn my back on Catholicism? All my life, I've been blessed. And uh, and here I am going to just leave it because I don't know it. And, I, and it wasn't fair. I didn't, I shouldn't leave something I don't know. Um, I should get to know it before I leave it. And I responded saying, no, Lord, I'm not going to give you up. I called him Lord for the first time, and this huge weight came off my shoulder. I said to myself, I'm a Catholic. I'm going to remain a Catholic. Now I need to know why. And from then, my life changed. I started searching and studying, and thanks be to God, came across some, some great people that knew their faith, and I was asking questions. How do we know God is real? How do we know God resurrected? How do we know God died on the cross? How do we distinguish between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? All these things, and I, and I got my answers over time, and I started listening to cassettes at the time. This is, we're going back 20 years. The St. Joseph Communications cassettes. Uh, Dr. Scott Hahn, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Steve Ray, Tim Staples. The list goes on, and, and they were doing great work in apologetics. And that helped me, that helped me uh, so much. And so my life was transformed uh, from that day. You mentioned hearing that voice, not yet, not yet. And I think you just yeah. said that you kind of ascribe that maybe to be the voice of the Mother of God. Was it a feminine voice that you heard that day? Um, I wouldn't say it was um, masculine or feminine. It was more just uh, almost like my conscience speaking to me, but I just felt that inspiration that um, I, I, I would attest it to Our Lady just because I was talking to her at the time, like, yeah, those Hail Marys. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a feminine voice. It was just a... My inner voice, um, I guess, speaking to me. I, looking back, I, I can't tell the difference. Um, but I, I did think of Our Lady at the time when when it when it came to my mind um, twice, you know, in my heart. Sure, and I really believe that Our Lady really helps to form our consciences. If we look at any of her apparitions throughout time, you always see kind of the voice of the Mother directing her people back to Almighty God, directing them back to her Son Jesus, to the sacraments, and to the Church. And in that moment, in your conscience, if you ascribe it to Our Lady because of the prayer to the Blessed Mother, well, really, that's what she was doing. She's saying, come, discover the greatness, the richness of having a relationship with Jesus, and that's what you found in the Eucharist. And so, how beautiful of a testimony that is. Yes, when you look at it now and you link the two, that from, the, from that moment in the mosque to hear those words, not yet, to finally, the moment in front of the tabernacle, are you going to give up all that I've done for you? And I knew that was to be Jesus. So yeah, Our Lady and Our Lord, um, in the same day, just, just 
speaking to my heart through my conscience, I just think is um, not, no coincidence. And one of the things about Islam that maybe people don't realize is that they do have a great reverence for Mary, the mother of Jesus. They call her Miriam. And she actually appears more times, I believe, in the Quran than the prophet Jesus. So there is this great reverence for the mother of Jesus, who we call, of course, the mother of God. And for her then in that tradition from the from the mosque to lead you then to the church and to pray before the Blessed Sacrament and to experience the true presence of the Lord is something marvelous. So something really to give thanks uh, to God for his guidance and for how Mary mediated that grace to you. Now, one of the things Absolutely. that you've done is that you started this ministry then throughout Australia called Perusia Media. And what led you then from this moment of conversion from saying, I want to learn more about the Catholic faith and then discovering it through St. Joseph Communications, all of these talks that you listen to, what led you from that moment to now saying, I want to do this here in Australia? Yes. Um, the, the first couple of years, I, would, I couldn't get enough of them. I would listen to the cassette after cassette, listen to maybe three talks a day. I... I um, would everywhere I drive, I would have a cassette going, and I just I just fell in love with my faith, and I would share them. And once I would finish one cassette, give it to a friend, and say, "You've got to listen to this," and you've got to listen. To it. And I I don't know how I've lost count how many I've I've handed out over the years, but it um it it was it's a funny thing. But uh, the moment I um I was discerning for the priesthood at the time, about two years in, my my prayer life really increased. It took my relationship with God deepened, and I just if you like, fell in love with God, and I uh, couldn't get enough of prayer. It was amazing. I, I, I remember joking about when I first came back into the church, um, I didn't really enjoy prayer. I didn't enjoy the Mass. I didn't enjoy the Rosary. Um, I knew we had to do these things, but I didn't actually get any enjoyment out of them, and it took me a good year, and and it was a simple request. I asked my mother, look, how do I enjoy prayer? And she simply said, why don't you ask Jesus? to help you enjoy prayer. Fair enough. So I did. I just said, Lord, I don't like prayer, to be honest, and it, I know we've got to do it, but help me enjoy it. That little simple, humble <laughs> prayer. About a month later, I found myself in church every day. I was starting to go to daily mass, praying the rosary. In fact, praying like three or four rosaries and going to the Chapel of the Divine Mercy Station. So I felt like I was spending so many hours a day in prayer in a church People and my friends saw the change in me, and they thought, "What's it? What's with you? What, you've changed a lot." And I, I, do you want to be a priest? And I thought maybe that's a sign from God. I never, I never felt I had the calling. I just wanted to pray. I just fell in love with God. I always wanted to be married, and um, but I thought, look, I better give it a shot. You can try the seminary. You can't try marriage out. So, you, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I went, and um, about two years in, I knew. Look, the, the, my peace uh, when I was praying, I knew this call to marriage was strong. And um, and so the spiritual director said, look, it, it's clear that you are called to marriage. Um, so then I, I, I left the seminary, came back um, home, and then I met my wife. And uh, from there, uh, um, I wanted to get, because I was in the seminary for two years, I didn't get those cassettes. And so I said, how do I get access to them? Now, the technology changed the CDs at the time. And I ordered, I, I, I finally got in touch with St. Joseph Communications to order these Scott Hahn CDs. And 
by the time they said the shipping costs was through the roof, we, we used to have a local distributor in Australia that produced the cassettes. But then when it switched to CDs, they stopped doing it. They didn't have the technology to, to mass produce them. So I'm ordering this CD set that's about $20 at the time. And then the shipping was like $50. So I thought, this is crazy, $70 for one single CD. And I, um, I said, there's got to be a better way. And then they, they basically planted the idea, why don't you manufacture the CDs locally in Australia and pay us the royalty? I, I was not thinking of setting up Perusia at the time. I just wanted to get them out there. But uh, when, they, when they planted that thought in my mind, I, I shared it with a few friends. And, and then I was encouraged to just get this off the ground and set up a name, set up a website, and, and, and away we go. And I, we, we thought of a name. I have a friend who was, is very um, gifted with, with uh, coding on, with websites. He's a quadriplegic, so he can't move his, his, his hands or feet. He, his legs and arms, are he can't move, but he codes it with his mouth. He has a mouthpiece, and he coded our first website from scratch and we came up with a name we wanted something that pointed to the second coming as we're preparing for that and this greek word parousia and uh, in the greek it's parousia but uh we thought look it, uh, that might be hard to say in english to say parousia parousia media and so we set up the website we ordered the first 20 titles from saint joseph's communication and it was launched in 2005 um uh yeah so it was, it, it was underway but it was i was Certainly not full-time, it was very much a, a part-time thing, uh, something that people would contact me if they needed a CD. I didn't, I didn't really do much marketing or promotions back then. I was, I was just out of the seminary. I was, I was trying to get my life together, go back into university, uh, preparing um, to get engaged and then marriage. So Perusia was very small in the early days, um, out of my garage. <laughs> Now, when you say the word parousia, or maybe in the Greek, I think it might render itself more properly as parousia, I know what it means, but I'm going to ask you, what does that mean, and why did you name it parousia? Yes, a great question. Um, I wanted something mysterious that pointed to the second coming, and when you Google it, it's funny, and even in the Oxford Dictionary, the... The word parousia, the first on, on the the first word is is, is the second coming. That, but there's actually a literal translation in the Greek that means simply presence. And it's so funny that okay, we've got the presence presence of Christ, and where is the real presence kept? It's in the tabernacle. Um, and so it's so interesting. My encounter with Christ was in the tabernacle. Now I didn't set this up. I I only realised later that oh, hang on that. It's not just, uh, it's got a double meaning. It's the second coming of Christ, but it's also the presence of Christ. And I thought, wow, that is so fitting, the presence of Christ. So in our logo, the actual O in Perusia is a, is a host, uh, the, uh, the Eucharistic host. You'll see, if you look closely, we've got a little cross on the, on the O there, and that, that symbolizes the host um, of the Eucharist. So, yeah, it means presence and of course, this understanding of the presence of Christ in, this, in the second coming when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. I guess we're in the time of the parousia right now, waiting for that moment. And St. Paul was waiting for that moment when he wrote his letters to all of those different Christian communities. And really now here we are over 2,000 years later, and we're still waiting for that moment of Christ's return. Now, one of the things 
uh, I know is that on social media, on Facebook, I have this follower. I'm going to give him a shout out. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but Trevor, his name's Trevor. I won't say his last name just for anonymity, but Trevor listens to a lot of different things that I do on Facebook. He watches my daily masses. He participates in a thing called Contagious Faith that I've been doing on Facebook on my public page. And so he's commented to me about kind of the current state of uh, the COVID-19 situation there in Australia. And he says that where he lives, that they are currently still shut down, that they can't really operate. And is that the same thing for you right now? Do you still have those same parameters uh, with the whole COVID-19 situation that we're in right now? Sure. Yes. Uh, Victoria, the state of Victoria, is in a stage four lockdown where they've got they've got uh, curfews at night. They can't get out. They can't visit people's homes. You can't leave more than five kilometers from your place. There's all these restrictions. You have to wear masks. It's mandatory to wear masks. Um, masks and churches are closed. However, in Sydney, Australia, and New South Wales, the, the daily numbers are very low. They're in the single digits, so we're getting about nine, nine or ten cases a day. Sometimes it's as low as five. So it's not as, um, I guess, as, as, uh, the lockdown isn't really in stage four mode. It's more about stage one. <laughs> so we social distance. We make sure we're, we're um, it's not mandatory yet to have a mask. So things seem to be under control. They are managing to um, trace as well, um, tracing back. If, if Because you're registering everywhere you go, if you go in a mask, you write your name and number, or go to a restaurant, you write your name and number. If anyone is tested positive, you're encouraged to then they trace back. Um, so all that contact tracing has been very good in Sydney. And uh, so it's kept it fairly under control. And as long as people are sensible and, and careful, we can still go out and about and visit. Um, so it, it's... Uh, it's it's a it's a kind of normal. It's not it's not completely normal. You still got to be uh, distanced, but um, yeah, we're not as hard hit as Victoria. Those who follow me on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, they might know that I actually underwent the COVID-19 testing this past week, and uh, I awaited my results for two days, and I did find out I was COVID negative. I did have a, a small exposure to an employee that tested positive for the COVID-19. Public health did not feel that I fell within the category of what they would call a close contact. But at the same time, this individual set up for mass. They touched the same things that I touched when I celebrated mass. And so there was this great concern that maybe, possibly, I contracted the COVID-19. So I went in for the test. Gratefully, uh, I was negative. Now, I know that Perusia Media, one of the things that you do is that each year you bring in speakers. Like you might bring in a yeah. Father Larry Richards or a Deacon Harold Burke Seavers or you name whoever it is, and they go and they kind of tour all throughout Australia. You bring them to different audiences. They preach a message, all of these things. But I think that because of the COVID-19 situation, that's not happening this year. And that's inspired maybe a new movement that you're doing in 2020 with this spiritual rosary pilgrimage. And I was just wondering if maybe you could explain a little bit about this spiritual rosary pilgrimage. After the lockdown, all the events were cancelled, no more international travel, um, and in fact, pilgrimages cancelled for the next year as well. So, so there's no one. Our borders will be closed um, 
until mid next year. So it really is a concern. And so we lost well over well, 70% of our total revenue. Um, we had to let some people go. We thought, what is a way we can um, get out of this? What, what else can we do online? And, and we thought, look, maybe um, why don't we just do something that's free? And let's offer up for our lady. She will, she will um, take care of it. And, and we thought of this idea of instead of just an, a weekend conference where you, you have two days, you've got over 50 speakers, and you can you go through the library and you watch them in your time. And, and then if you don't get through all of them in the two days, then you, you purchase them and watch them in your own time. We thought, okay, what about a journey? So sort of drop in a, a different video every day and... Um, going through this online pilgrimage, this this spiritual um, version, online virtual version of a pilgrimage. So, with with that, we thought, okay, uh, there are four sets of mysteries. Wouldn't it be really, really powerful to have an expert speaker give a reflection or meditation on a particular mystery, and then just do a fifteen minute meditation, and then lead us into a decade of the rosary, and uh, and and drop those videos every day, and. We were looking at the Feast of the Rosary to end on, and we worked back from there, and it worked out perfectly that our lady's birthday is 29 days from the Feast of the Holy Rosary, so that was just perfect. So we dedicated each week to a, um, a set of mysteries. So we are now in week one, um, Joyful Mysteries, and we, we thought, oh, okay, we filled up the 20 spots fairly quickly. We thought there's still more speakers we want to get on board, and... Um, and we thought, okay, what about keynotes as well? Maybe each week we could have a keynote. And so we had Father um, Donald Calloway uh, kick kickstart with the first keynote. Um, and then the following week will be Jason Evert um, speaking on the Luminous Mysteries and, and St. John Paul II. Um, the third week is um, Dr. Edward Shree speaking on uh, praying the rosary like never before. And the last week, fourth week, is... Um, Immaculate Ilibagiza from Rwanda, who survived the Holocaust there, uh, the genocide, and she's got a powerful testimony about the power of the Rosary. So I thought this is starting to come together, and but what? A, and then people started to, as I was preparing it and getting the design ready, and we we thought, is this? So this is a pre-recorded event, and then uh, as we started to put out the registration, people were asking, is there any live component? Will the Rosary be prayed? And we thought, oh, okay, um, that's a good idea. But how do we get the interaction? We thought, okay, why don't we do at least set up a private Facebook group and then offer up live um, rosaries being prayed. And we also have this weekly Perusia podcast that we, we, we broadcast across all the different social media platforms. And we thought, why don't we dedicate um, all the podcasts to the rosary? So now what we've got this sort of combination of pre-recorded meditations that are released every day. And in addition to that, there's the daily rosary being prayed uh, with a with a mini interview with a different guest leading the rosary. And we also have a, a weekly one-hour full-length interview with a guest. And we're pleased to have yourself, Father, feature in the in, in next week's interview. So I, I'm looking forward to that and, and, and a chance to talk about, um, yeah, your, your beautiful work on Our Lady and... I, I, that book you wrote on the Lineage of the Rosary got my attention and I really want to uh, unpack that and speak more. So it's an opportunity for people to journey through the life of Christ with the Blessed Mother and, and, and have a fresh look at the Rosary. It's such a humble and simple prayer, yet it's such a powerful prayer. And uh, it's got so many elements um, 
to it. it it's simple, but you've got this the beads in your hands, you've got the, vo- the the prayers you say out loud, you've got the meditations you you think of in your mind, so you've got the body and the soul, if you like, of, of the rosary. And you can, it's, it's a community prayer as well. You can bring the body of Christ together and pray, and, you, and it's, it's very healing and soothing. The meditative, it's, it's just, um, when you analyze it, and I'm, I'm actually getting a new appreciation myself. It's only a few days in the pilgrimage right now, and and I'm already uh, on another level. Um, just my appreciation for it is just yeah, gone through a whole whole new level. So um, it's been amazing. It's been a rough start. Please uh, pray for it because we had so many people register and get on at once. We, we were we hit over forty thousand, and um, the moment we went live, <laughs> the, the server crashed because of the influx of traffic, and, um, and so it took a few hours to sort of catch up, get back to people. The, the, the first day was quite busy in just responding to people. And um, uh, it was a good problem to have. We've upgraded the servers now, and, and thank God it's, it's running smoothly again. Um, but, yeah, the, I, I don't know of any event like it because it's got the live components, it's got the prayer components, it's got the pre-recorded mysteries, you've got the community, you've got the, the learnings and teachings. and So hopefully um, it will give people a new appreciation and grow more in love with Our Lady and Our Lord over the four-week period. So it's never too late to join. Um, and, you know, we're leading up to the Feast of the Rosary on October 7th. So we hope people can jump on board. Even if it was right up in that final week, it's fine. You can get in and go back and watch all the videos. They're all short, 15 minutes, and the keynotes are about 30 minutes. And then there are the interviews, which, which um, range between 15 minutes up to an hour, depending. So there's so much in there. And uh, it's not just a weekend, it's a whole month of journeying. And I hope that really helps people during this time. And the world needs prayer right now. And this, we felt, was a powerful way of, of doing that. Well, that's really great. And, you know, some people, they are book readers. They love to read their daily devotionals. But then there are other people that really love to listen, maybe as they drive into work, as they are going about their daily business in their homes. They love to listen to different talks and different reflections. And I really think that what you're offering is going to cover all of those grounds and going to reach all of these different people, uh, no matter where they are at. And I know you mentioned... Uh, that I'll be speaking on this uh, podcast that you'll be doing, this live event or however it looks like. And uh, you mentioned also Dr. Edward Sri and his talk, Praying the Rosary Like Never Before. And my book, A Rosary Litany, actually grew out of his talk, out of his book, Praying the Rosary Like Never Before, one of my friends, oh, wow. maybe seven years ago, it was we were still in the seminary. I was ordained in 2015. This is like 2013. One of my friends messages me and he says, hey, I just listened to this talk. It was a Lighthouse Media talk back when it was called Lighthouse Media. And he said, I listened to this talk by Dr. Edward Sree. And this guy was not a rosary prayer. He didn't pray the rosary often. And he said, yeah, and Dr. Sree really encouraged me. And he gave me this new method of praying the rosary. And he said, after the name of Jesus, to insert a phrase after his name, to focus on the mystery meditation. And he gave a few of those phrases. And he said, you know, you know, Edward, this is something that really changed my life with praying the rosary. And he said, I want you to write me some phrases so that I can keep praying the rosary in this fashion. 
And that's how a rosary litany was born, that I gave him some phrases to pray. We went to the Holy Land together in 2014. We prayed at the site of the rosary mystery. And that's really how a rosary litany was born. But it all was inspired by Dr. Edward Sri. And I was so honored a, a few years ago at a conference. We spoke at the same conference and I was able to give him the book and say, I just want to let you know that you inspired this book that I wrote that has been an aid to countless people. It was a bestseller with my previous publisher. It's a bestseller with my current publisher. So uh, I look forward to opening up and breaking open a rosary litany with you and everybody with uh, Perusia Media uh, next week when we convene and we talk and share a little bit about St. Louis de Montfort and the secrets of the rosary and, and that book in particular. You mentioned the past few days as this has really kicked off that it's already taken you to different spiritual heights. And I'm just wondering maybe in your own life right now, what role does the rosary play for you? Right now, so I, I just to give you a contrast. When I first, when I was younger, the rosary was just something we had to do, and you just give it lip service. When I came back to the church, it was still a struggle that first year, until I stopped and gave it the time it needed, and actually reflected, and and didn't look at my watch, didn't look at my phone, and started to read the scriptures and started to realize, hang on, these mysteries are mini Bible studies. They're actually um, you're, you're not just reading scripture, you're living it, you're praying it. And then you're not just doing it sort of as a study, you're actually journeying with the Blessed Mother. She's like in the scene with you, you're, if you like. And I remember it really, the penny dropped for me when I, when I discovered the Ignatius um, of Loyola method of, of the doing the spiritual exercise. And when you learn how to enter into the scene, what what did the scene feel like? What did it look like? What did it smell like? What did it taste like? You know, all the, what, were you helping St. Joseph, you know, um, uh, rake the, the hay? And so what happens, and, and this new appreciation um, came when I started to live through the mysteries as if they were happening now. And it takes you out of this world. It's like you're, you're watching a movie, but you're in the movie, and, and all of a sudden... Um, it, it's speaking to you, and you're actually contributing to it. And I feel like that's what it, what, what's, what's really happening in, 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 in Scripture, where we're reading something that happened 2,000 years ago, but actually it, it's not as if it's irrelevant today. In fact, it speaks to us today more than ever. we just got to apply what we're reading, the story, to our, our life today. And I feel the Rosary is just another opportunity to re-enter into the movie and... Uh, um, and plug yourself in again, and um, what I've all the different aspects of it, the the body of the rosary, the voice that's repeating the word, which is all from scripture, but it, it's quite beautiful. And I did pick up a few tips from yourself with stopping at Jesus and and repeating say a phrase on that mystery. But I also learned from uh, my my original spiritual director that when you get to the Second part of the Mary of, of the Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. There's another opportunity you can actually name somebody. So pray for us sinners, Father Edward Looney, now and at the hour of his death, Amen. Pray for us sinners, Shabbat Raish, now and at the hour of his death, Amen. And 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 so you can actually pray for individual people every single day, 
for 50 different people and you can name them. And I thought, okay, so there's this intercession you're asking our lady and it just, it's not a, it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. And I feel at times it did over the years, you know, you think, oh no, I didn't say my rosary today or you're trying to cram it in and you, and then it becomes a drag. But when you actually give it um, the time it deserves, let it be a part of your day, make it a priority, then um, actually it, it's quite beautiful and it goes so quick, 15 minutes for five decades, it really, you don't feel it. Um, if you, you, it only is a drag if you're, if you're busy. <laughs> and so because I guess all my energy is now focusing in on this, on the rosary through this pilgrimage, I feel that I'm giving it the time it deserves and I'm praying multiple rosaries throughout the day and, and not just, um, uh, deepening my faith. I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> so, so that's why I feel like I'm going to a whole new level where I'm looking forward to the next rosary. And that really wasn't the case years ago. So, um, I, I can't help think this is the Holy Spirit. This is also the spouse of the Holy Spirit, Our Lady, and the um, the inspiration that's coming from from her and the Holy Spirit. It, it's just it's real, and uh, it's out of this world. That, it has to be grace. Well, Saint Louis de Montfort says that the Holy Spirit loves a soul that has a devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and so if you are devoted to Mary and are allowing her to intercede for you and foster that love for her, then the Holy Spirit, who is the spouse of the Spirit, as you mentioned, is going to be ever so present, guiding you in this prayer and leading you through all of it. So if people are interested in finding out more about this spiritual rosary pilgrimage that I'm a part of, that so many other speakers are a part of, like when I talk about Catholic speakers, I always talk about first class business class and economy class. So I'm about an economy class, I think, but you have a great uh, first class and business class speaker load. And then uh, when you get to the, the economy class, when you get to me, uh, you'll be enriched hopefully as well. So I really encourage people to check it out. It'll be in the show notes. I'll have a link there that you can click on, that you can just register to be a part of it. And I've been getting the emails every day and I've been opening them. I've been clicking on the link and watching the videos so people can do that too so just find that link in the show notes today uh, for this spiritual rosary pilgrimage before i let you go charbel there's one thing i always do with every guest uh, and that is to build their marian profile where i go through a series of kind of rapid fire marian questions and just to see okay. what your response is because I really think it highlights that everybody's devotion to Mary looks a little different. And so when people are coming to Mary in devotion, they don't need to be intimidated. Or if they've been steeped there for a long time, maybe it refreshes them and inspires them. So these are just a few questions that I've come up with just to build a Marian profile. The, the very first question is about Mary and her names, her titles. She's a woman of many names. We have different litanies that invoke her under different names. Is there a favorite title of Mary that you have in your life? Maybe one that you're invoking at this moment right now. How many of the families pray for us? I feel families is quite important right now. Sure. And that was a recently added title to the Litany of Loretto. Uh, I think the... Previously, before Pope Francis, the last two names to be added to the Litany of Loretto were Queen of Families and Queen of Peace. Now, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, added um, Mother of Mercy, Mother of Hope, and then 
something with migrants, I think, like Refuge of Migrants or something like that. So he added just recently, within the past few months, different titles to Mary to this litany of Loretto, to the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So you bring up Our Lady Queen of Families, and you being a family man, how appropriate to ask Mary to pray for your family, to pray for all of family life, especially through the work that you are doing through Perusia Media. Now, secondly, there are lots of different sacramentals. People wear sacramentals. They wear a miraculous medal. They wear a scapular. They carry a rosary in their pocket. There are other sacramentals out there. Is there any Marian sacramental that has a huge role in your life? Those three that you mentioned, the scapula, the miraculous medal, well, I basic and the rosary, uh, I actually wear it. So I found a way where you, I found this rosary that has the scapula built in and I put a miraculous medal on there and um, it's the rosary. So I, I take it off my neck when I pray the rosary and I put it back on and so yeah, those three are my top three. <laughs> the rosary, the scapula, and the miraculous medal. And I have it all on one. <laughs> and that's great. You know, some people like they always critique people that might wear rosaries, that people don't know what the rosary is. And I just remember one time reading Saint Louis de Montfort in probably The Secrets of the Rosary, and he said, Wearing the rosary is a very powerful expression. It's a sacramental, it protects you against evil, all of these things. I think it always just depends on the mode or the method, the the intention of the devotee. So so for you, it's a sacramental that you wear, you pray it, you make use of it. So so definitely not something to be poo-pooed at, as some people might do, but as you really engage it. So that's a very beautiful witness. There are lots of different prayers to the Blessed Mother. Some of them are written by saints. Some of them are in our tradition that have just been part and parcel of our Catholic faith for so long. Is there a favorite prayer that you have to the Blessed Mother? Um, I mean, outside, I guess the common one, the Hail Mary in itself is it's such a beautiful prayer that you say over and over. But there is a, just to give a different angle, is um, I was introduced to the, the prayer of Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, about oh, 20 years ago, and I remember it, it got my attention because um, if you said that prayer, um, it would release so many days of purgatory or something like that, and if you said 500 days straight. I've been saying it now for 25 years, I think it is now, or 20 years, and uh, I haven't missed a day, and I say that before I sleep every day, and every time I see an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and... Um, yeah, even though I'm in Sydney, Australia, I'm not in Mexico, but I, I feel a, a yeah, a close connection to Guadalupe. Um, so definitely um, that one outside of the Hail Mary stands up. And, and throughout the day, the Memorare, of course, it's, it's got to be mentioned uh, when you're in need. The Memorare is such a powerful one, too. Sure. And, you know, kind of as you mentioned, Our Lady Guadalupe and how you're an Australian, that's a Mexican Marian apparition. It really goes to show how these different apparitions of Our Lady, how they transcend space, how they transcend time, that something that happened so many years ago in a far distant land from you really resonates with you, something that impacts you. So that really shows kind of the timelessness of our Marian devotion. I think that maybe you already covered this uh, in a question that I asked previously, but a lot of people find the rosary to be monotonous, repetitive. They can't really engage it. Do you have a rosary tip? And kind of as I think back about our conversation already, I'm already recalling how you mentioned adding somebody's name to each of the Hail Marys to pray for them. Maybe that is your rosary tip, or maybe Definitely. you have something else you um, want to add. 
Well, I, I was in, the, the priest who told me about that tip uh, also told me about sort of slowing down at the name of Jesus and then just re-emphasizing that mystery. Um, so, yeah, definitely what, what you promote in the Litany Rosary is so powerful because even though uh, you might get distracted, but when you get to that name Jesus and then you just repeat the mystery and then an aspect of the mystery it might be a different aspect that just really uh, really helps and keeps you on track. And so I would remember it is a, 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 a scripture you're praying and um, you're, you're praying, you're, you're vocally saying the, the scriptural words, St. Luke's uh, Gospel, and you're also meditating on the life of Christ through whatever mystery you're meditating on. So it's just, it's just the more I study scripture, the more, more nuggets I get. So I'm always finding different things to focus on every time I pray the rosary. So um, really giving it a shot at meditating on the mysteries does help. For sure. And of course, these rosary mysteries often find their inspiration in the pages of sacred scripture where we meet the Blessed Virgin Mary. Out of all of her appearances, whether it's kind of foreshadowings in the Old Testament to something in the New Testament, uh, is there a Marian scripture passage that speaks to you? Let it be done unto me according to thy word. Fiat. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and that's a very popular one. And isn't that a great prayer? Just, you know, it echoes the Our Father. Jesus taught us how to pray, Thy will be done. And Mary already at the Annunciation, when she says yes to being the mother of the Savior, she says, let it be done to me according to your will. She was already receptive to God's will. You mentioned Our Lady of Guadalupe already, and uh, I'm just wondering if there's another Marian apparition that maybe you have a fondness for. Maybe that's the one, but is there a favorite Marian apparition of yours? I have to tell you, definitely um, growing up, I, I, I always was... Um, Our Lady of Fatima was definitely one that I carried throughout my life. Like, um, you know, I heard about Fatima in, in elementary school, school and then you know studying about you know muhammad's daughter you know the name fatima um being that linked to islam but i i have to say now that this this recording is in 2020 um i just came back from lord's end of last year and something happened in lord's that i just feel that it was it's got something special in lord's i can't put a finger on but a lady the way they are just so peaceful in praying that rosary every night carrying the candle um, I love the Arves in between the decades. Although it happens at Fatima, there's something at Lord's I just can't put a finger on. There's a real presence, um, and I, I really felt moved in Lord's last year. And I've, I've only been there once, but I I just have some sort of new appreciation of Our Lady of Lord's. So I have to I have to say currently that, that that's the one that really gets my attention, um, Lord's. And have you been to Lourdes itself, or just you've seen the stuff yes, online? Yes, uh, October last year, I went with Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. Uh, so we had some Australian pilgrims and American pilgrims come together, um, and it was, it was a beautiful experience. And Lourdes, yeah, you have the bay, you, you get um, the hit the water there. Uh, where It's just miraculous that, that where um, St. Bernadette was getting um, the fountain when Our Lady asked her to, to basically scoop in the ground in the dirt, people were laughing at her. And this little spring pops up, and to this day it has not stopped. And they got taps everywhere, and you got millions of people that visit every year, and you got healings. Miracles are happening all the time. There's a whole building dedicated to the amount of healings <laughs> have have been recorded. So they can't actually. It's not in, in a little filing cabinet. It's, it's not in a room. It's actually in a building. <laughs> so it's just so phenomenal. Um, the amount of wheelchairs that you see. 
the world coming together, the universal church, everything about it, and so peaceful. There's something about it, um, yeah, it really got my my attention and really moved me. It was, it was a very special. We had about three days there, and uh, that really um, stood out for me. I've been to Lourdes four, five, six times. I've lost count, but it's one of my favorite places to be on earth, and I truly can echo everything that you just said about the peacefulness of the place and just really encountering the mystery of who God is, but also who Mary is as the mother that comes to us who wants to uh, intercede for us, who wants to facilitate that healing in our own lives. Now, this is going to be an interesting question here is that most of my guests are Americans by and large, and I always ask them, what is your favorite Marian shrine? So apparitions, of course, are shrines, but there are other smaller, low-key shrines to Marian. Now, you're going to be answering from Australia. Are there any shrines in Australia to the Blessed Mother that you've visited that really have made an impression on you? Yeah, it's um, the the first thing that comes to mind is the Pauline fathers. So um, these are Polish fathers that um, that brought out the icon of the Black Madonna uh, from Poland, and they built this huge shrine about two hours south of Sydney, and it, it's quite beautiful. And and once a month, on the thirteenth day of every month, they have a, a special day of Fatima, and people come. There's, there's confessions in all the different languages you can think of. Um, they've got mass, and and then there's a a rosary procession with the Blessed Sacrament um, um, and Stations of the Cross, and you go and pass not just one shrine, but there's actually so many all the way through, and it's quite quite beautiful. So it's like a shrine filled with so many other shrines. It's, it's just a, an interesting place, and uh, that, that stands out. But And I also can't forget the little grotto at the church that I had my encounter with. I can't forget that. And, and funny enough, it's Our Lady of Lords. Um, uh, there's the, the priest... Uh, built a, a little grotto and it's at St. Michael's in Belfield where I had my conversion and and uh, when I started to pray the rosary one of the first little outreaches I did was lead a youth rosary and um, and it was out in, in front of that the grotto so that, that certainly is a sentimental social place for me I love how you bring that out the little parish shrine to the Blessed Mother that's outside or wherever you found it that those are little shrines to the Blessed Mother, maybe not officially recognized, but they're places where people encounter Mary's presence, where they encounter her love, where they encounter her intercession. So I love that you shared that little story. Two more questions. How about a book about the Blessed Mother that you might recommend to someone? Yeah, true devotion to Mary. Can you go past that one? <laughs> I mean, well, St. Louis to Montford, um, he says it all. Um, Unbelievable. <laughs> True devotion to Mary. Wonderful. And uh, this is kind of like a little spoiler alert. I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but I currently am under contract to write a new book, which is a 10-day devotional uh, unpacking true devotion to Mary. So I have 10 different days oh, no. that will kind of go through the book True Devotion to Mary and make it a bit more accessible to people before they kind of... Uh, before they make that leap, that jump into the primary text. So that's my goal uh, with the book that I'll be writing in the next few months. So uh, stay tuned right to October 2021. And lastly, when you go to Mass on a Marian feast day, is there a song that you hope that will be sung, a Marian song? <laughs> oh, well, um, um yeah, Immaculate Mary and Salve Regina are probably 
Ooh, Salva Regina is probably the one that gets it. Um, I remember in the seminary we prayed it every night at Compline, and uh, and and it stuck with me. And I I sing it actually um, to my children every night um, before they go to bed. So um, I look forward to the Salva Regina. Uh, I think that one that one just edges Immaculate Mary. Where you so <laughs> hope that answers it. Well, that's great. Well, you know, it's been so wonderful to speak with you today, Charbel, about your apostolate, about your life, about your ministry, about Perusia Media and the Spiritual Rosary Pilgrimage. If people want to learn more about everything that you're doing, where can they find you? Perusiamedia.com. That's spelled P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A media.com. Wonderful. And people can check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes with a specific link to let you know that I referred them to you and uh, they can find you that way, uh, especially for this spiritual rosary pilgrimage that you are leading and that I'm so happy to be a part of. So I thank you so much, Charbel, for joining me today in this conversation on this podcast, How They Love Mary. It's been such a blessing and an honor, Father. And and after all these years, we finally have had our conversation, so I'm I'm, uh, honored to be part of it. Thank you. Well, wonderful, and we'll converse again next time on your podcast or on your live show uh, for this whole event that you are leading through Perusia Media. So thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, I get to ask the question. (laughs) You do, so that'll be great. (laughs) Wonderful. Look forward to it. You have been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. I hope that it has either been the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You can follow me, Father Edward Looney, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the handle at FR Edward Looney. If you like this podcast, please leave a review so others might find it too. Until next week, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.